The DSR Listener Survey is now here. Your voice matters, and we want to hear it. So please take a moment to fill out the survey and help us make our podcasts even better. You can find a link to the survey in the show description below. Thank you. Hello and welcome to DSR's Daily, our podcast, which we look at the news of the world. Today is Halloween. It's scary out there, much scarier than usual. To take a look at why it's scary, we've got our usual gang, including Chris Cottonware. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, thank you. Happy Halloween, Riley Fessler. How are you doing, Riley? Enjoying a spooky Halloween. Spooky Halloween. Um, and Chris? So as airstrikes continue and the ground invasion expands, uh, there's a growing number of Muslim Americans and Democratic activists in the United States who are threatening to mobilize votes and donations against Joe Biden if he doesn't exert his influence to negotiate a ceasefire in Israel. There seems to be a growing frustration among this community and given that we're blessed with a foreign policy expert right here on the panel, I actually had two questions for you, David, on this. The first oh, I thought, is... I thought we were going to Riley on this one, but go ahead. <laughs> the first is, how much influence does President Biden have over the situation? And second, are the expectations fair and probably dependent on the answer to the first question? You know, Chris, we've known each other a long time, and I totally get that these are purely rhetorical questions, um, because obviously Biden can't control what Bibi Netanyahu uh, or the Israeli government is going to do. He can only try to influence it. And we heard from Bibi in his press conference yesterday that this is a time for war, and he, you know, pushed aside any discussion of his own responsibility for Israel's vulnerability. Um, and he looked like he was doubling down. And now we have pictures of Israeli tanks massed on the border. And it's in the interest of Bibi and a bunch of people in that government to press forward with a war. Uh, and Biden's trying to pull back on it. But, you know, to go to, go to um, you know, the, the, the issue that you've raised specifically here, which is the election. What do these people think Trump would do? I mean, Trump was totally involved with Bibi, gave him a complete carte blanche to do whatever he wants. Um, you know, if Trump were president of the United States right now, we would not be resisting Russia and Ukraine. How do I know? Because Russia was in Ukraine for all four years of his presidency. And all he did was try to help Russia and try to hurt Ukraine. And he would not be telling, you know, Bibi to hold back in any way because he doesn't believe he should hold back in any way. So, you know, the, you know, I understand people's frustrations. I share a lot of these frustrations. Um, but we're a lot better off with Biden trying to do a balanced policy uh, than with the alternative who would not have a balanced policy. Riley? Yeah, there's been some unrest in Iran over the weekend and over the last couple of days. Um, a teenager who was attacked by the morality police earlier in the month um, she was attacked at a Tehran metro station for not wearing her hijab, and she subsequently fell into a coma. And then 
within the last couple of days, she passed away. And there's been protests, um, seemingly a lot of civil unrest in response to this. There's been reports that different kind of civil rights leaders have been arrested and beaten um, for protesting her death. And, you know, unfortunately, it's it echoes a lot of a similar case last year where another young woman was was beaten and killed by the morality police. So it just continues to be an issue. And, you know, as with that time, there was also a lot of civil unrest and protests in response. So we're just kind of seeing this pattern repeat itself. Yeah. I mean, it's a horrific story, uh, one after another from Iran and their treatment of women. Ultimately, um, I don't think it's sustainable. And I think that this regime uh, is playing with fire. Uh, perhaps that's uh, wish fulfillment. It, I, you know, just underscore, there is never any circumstance, never any appropriate cultural excuse for denying equal rights to women. Never. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what your culture is. Uh, and the case in Iran is particularly egregious. Chris. This morning, it's being reported that the gunman in uh, Lewiston, Maine, who killed 18 people, uh, had uh, his family members uh, alerted police to the fact that he was mentally unstable. He'd actually spent some time in a psychiatric hospital. And that, and the, the reports are a bit conflicting here. Either the police did nothing with the information or they couldn't actually find him. This I'm keeping this story in the news because I feel like every time we talk about a tragedy, and it's you know, it's every week, it's every you know couple of days. I mean, there there are shootings on smaller scales that are getting less attention. Um, but again, it's it just it seems it I could write uh, a law. And give it to Congress. And yeah, they could debate it. But like, we have to take action. You know, I, 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 th this issue just really burns me. And again, I raise, I raise this because I have two kids. You know, I have to say goodbye to them every morning and hope, you know, th that they, you know, that they're safe and, you know, that they come home every day and, it's, nobody should have to go through this. We're talking about freaking guns, you know. Well, guns. we're talking we're we're talking about freaking assault weapons, and you know the the reality is we've tried to ban assault weapons in the past. You know what happened when we did? Uh, 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 attacks with assault weapons fell by forty five percent. I mean, just, you know, you know these these kind of mass shootings fell by forty five percent. So, you know, it's crazy that we then went back. Uh, you know, George W. Bush reinstated people's, uh, quote, right to buy assault weapons. It's crazy. We're not doing everything in our power. We're the only uh, developed country in the world that doesn't have much more significant gun regulations. And the reality is, for almost all of American history, we had much more significant gun regulations. Um, and it is only in the past several decades that the right wing in America has asserted uh, an unlimited right to own guns, which uh, frankly does not exist. Um, 
Uh, Supreme Court justices have pointed out that this is a fraud perpetrated on the American people. Um, And uh, the reality is that living in a country with 300-odd million people, with 400-odd million guns, is insane. Having said that, it's not going to change. The guy who's now the Speaker of the House is in the pocket of the NRA, uh, is hailed as one of the NRA's biggest supporters. Uh, The Republican Party is bought and paid for by the NRA. I'm sorry. It is a partisan issue. One party protects the gun lobby. Uh, We should be able to sue the gun manufacturers. We can't. We should tax ammunition and gun accessories. We don't. We should license every gun in America. We do with cars. We don't with guns. Uh, We should prohibit weapons of war. We could go on. These are all common sense. 80% of the American people support them. Um, And we're not doing it because a tiny, tiny percentage of people are on the payroll of an industry and they're blocking it. It's crazy. Sorry, you and every other parent in America has to suffer with this fear. All of us do. Riley. So it looks like there's going to be a bit of a kind of fight between Mitch McConnell and Mike Johnson. There's a pretty sharp diversion, uh, or pretty sharp divide, rather, in how they are approaching this Ukraine funding package that has been kind of discussed, as we know and mentioned the other day, Mike Johnson wants to split off the Ukraine funding from Israel funding, whereas Mitch McConnell wants to bundle them together. He sees it as kind of an existential international issue and wants to see those tied together. He's also warned that picking a fight with the Dems and potential resulting government shutdown would be disastrous for the GOP. So just a pretty big divide in the tactics between the two. And it's really emblematic of a larger divide in the party that we've seen embattled over the last few months and especially over the last few weeks and then mcconnell last night was actually in an event at the university of louisville with the ukrainian ambassador to the u.s just again lobbying for that support for ukraine funding well we'll see whether he stands up and he does anything about it i'd welcome i'd pay for that episode of celebrity death match between mitch mcconnell and and michael um johnson that's a throwback most people don't remember what that's a reference to but um the 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 reality here is that johnson has chosen a very strange tactic uh for his very first deal which is he wants to pair off israel's support uh which i think you know um you know providing the support to israel i think placed as the evangelical base but he wants to offset he uses the term offset the $14.3 billion to go to Israel with a $14.3 billion tax uh, spending cut. Where? At the IRS. This is that old Republican saw. There are too many IRS agents. Of course, for every dollar you cut at the IRS, you lose $2 in revenue. So it's not an offset. It actually will cost us more to do what he's saying. Uh, And he's, of course, playing politics with a critical national security situation. Uh, But it serves his, you know, uh, you know, paymasters in in the in the one percent. Um, now, having said that, he's also separating it from Ukraine, um, which uh, puts Ukraine in a very precarious position. We don't know when it will come up. His view will not pass the Senate, but if he blocks any progress on uh, Ukraine or blocks progress for Israel, unless he gets what he wants, 
What happens? National security interests of the United States are compromised. Putin benefits. Rich people would benefit from what he does. Um, but uh, we would suffer and our allies would suffer. It's a very, very dangerous game being played by this inexperienced and very extreme Speaker of the House. Chris? I yield my time to the gentleman from Ohio because I'm going to do the fun story last. You yield to the gentleman from Ohio. I've never heard you referred to as a gentleman, Riley, but I assume there's a first time for everything. Um, But my final story is the United Auto Workers Union has reached the third and final deal. Um, The final holdout was GM, and they've reached a similar deal to as with Stellantis and Ford. Um, All the deals include a 25% wage increase to base wages over the next four and a half years. And they also restore regular cost of living wage adjustments um, to offset inflation and eliminate wage tiers. So just a huge, huge victory for the labor movement. Um, President Biden has been on this issue for a long time. He immediately released statements in support of the deals. As we know, um, he was the first president to visit the picket, a picket line, an active picket line. So huge win for the administration, huge win for the union, and hopefully a positive sign of things to come. That sounds like a positive story to me, Chris. You have that positive, is a positive story. Can I just a add? more positive story? No, yeah, go on. No, I was just, just going to add, I, I've been following this story pretty closely. Um. And the UAW president, Sean Fain, to me, is a real he- hero here. There's a backstory and his support and all, all that goes with that. Um, he took an extremely hard line. But we're talking about 25% increases where you know people who are making between $22 and $32 an hour are going to see their uh, wages grow to 40 plus. That in Flint, Michigan, is a significant, significant victory. And and one of the tactics they took, I mean, they obviously went after all three um, large automakers, but the, I heard a story. They went into negotiations with Ford, and Ford had no alternate, alternate proposal. And Sean Fain said, okay, great. You just lost the plant, the truck plant, Ford, in Kentucky their most profitable plant that um, that manufactures Lincoln Navigators. And he called the, the workers in Kentucky and said, walk off the job. It was like precision negotiating tactics by this guy. I'm so happy for the American auto workers. You, you are, and their you are such a just guide in the world lefty. Um, and, and But on the other hand, you know, you, I got to say, um, unions are coming back. You know, I, when I was in the Clinton administration, 30, everyone was, yo, unions are dead. They're, they're never coming back. But, you know, there are only 11% of Americans in unions. Now, unions are everywhere. And what's more, the sort of Gen Z crowd, Chris, you know, by that I mean, like people like Riley, they um, are, uh, you know, very pro-union. And you're seeing lots and lots of different organizations unionized. Uh, and try to counter the power of the bosses, and it's worked for Writers Guild this year. It's worked for the auto workers this year. It hasn't worked yet for the SAG and AFTRA. Um, um, but but the, a lot of progress is is being made. Um, you know, if we were a bigger company, Riley would probably lead a unionization movement. And 
and and when that happens, folks, we'll report it to you. I know you've got one more story here, Halloween story, Chris. What it's, is that? It is Halloween. It is also National Candy Corn Day, which honestly I didn't know. Um, Where do you come th- out on candy corn? Because there's a big divide in America. Yes, I'm not a fan. I used to be. I'm just not a fan of candy corn. Riley's shaking his head. You're anti. I'm, a, I'm firmly anti candy corn. I happen to represent the pro candy corn forces. I like candy corn, um, and I will defend candy corn as a much better treat than some of the other crazy treats that people like. Like I was looking at a map of like what people like in different states, like what their favorite like candies are, and like. In the state of Virginia, the favorite candy is something called hot tamales. What the fuck is that? Or, you know, th- some of these other states, there's like, you know, sour worms and, and you know, this kind of thing. Candy has chocolate. If it doesn't have chocolate, it's not worth the calories. Boo. Jolly Ranchers are my favorite. Two They're quick very treats. very popular in some of these states. In fact, I think in New York State, Jolly Ranchers, I've never had a Jolly Rancher. But I don't want to have a Jolly Rancher. I want to have a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. I'll have a Twix. Um, I'll have, you know, something that's got some chocolate in it. I'll end with this. Somebody posted a tweet that said, Candy corn gets all this slander every year. Meanwhile, trash-ass circus peanuts go by every year with no smoke. Well, I, look, I have, to, I, have to, I have to agree with that. Riley, did you used to go out to trick-or-treating? Yeah, of course. And um, dressed as what are you dressed as this year, Riley? Tell tell everybody. So this year I I did a twofer. I was Mister Clean, and then I was Gru from Despicable Me. It was a festive year. Since you've changed your hairstyle, that was, yeah. Since I've changed my hairstyle to no no. So style. next year we can look forward to Vin Diesel and Pitbull from the yeah, year. absolutely. Mister um, Worldwide's coming. But when you went around and you were trick or treating, what did you hate? You know. It's a great question. I mean, in my neighborhood, you know, there was always some crazy old woman and she would give you like an apple. Yep. What the fuck? That's yeah, there was always, there was always something like that. <laughs> no. Who wants an apple? And also these bite-sized candy treats? What is that about? Why are you cheating these kids? You know, a candy bar is the size of a candy bar. It shouldn't be the size of a thumb drive. I I mean it's just, you know, stand up for the rights of these children. To have a decent Halloween. The world is going to hell. Give them an almond joy. The whole big size one. A baby Ruth bar. A Milky Way. You know, something with some substance. Are you doing that tonight, Chris? Uh, I, I, My son will be trick-or-treating with his friend. And hopefully we'll come back with some large-sized candy. Which, enough- which you'll yeah. take from him. I'll, 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 he doesn't eat all, all the all the types of candy, but you know what he does? He saves it and then he bags it up and he <laughs> sells it. That's exactly. You friend. know, my daughter, my younger daughter Laura, who's now a grown human, um, uh, every year would take her Halloween candy, put it in her desk drawer, and then three four months later would come out with the candy store, and she would write up a list of the different candies she have and sell them back to us. She <laughs> that's amazing and, and you know we would we ultimately you know added to this we gave her like a you know bubble gum machine and some other things so the candy store had a little bit more heft to it um but uh 
are you going to turn out all the lights and not and try to pretend to the kids who come to your house that you're not home? That's the question. Me? No, absolutely not. I don't get many trick-or-treaters because we have we're our house is situated weirdly on a hill, but when we when they come, they get big, big chocolate bars. Full size chocolate. You're a you're yeah. a great American. You're a great American. Three Reese's um, peanut butter cups. Egg, that's the, the that's the right size. Yes. The triple. Something for the parents. All right. Well, look, I'm glad we've addressed this issue as well as all the other horrors going on in the world. Uh, it's, it's nice to offset them with something. Uh, for now, happy Halloween, Chris. Happy Halloween, Riley. Happy Halloween, everybody. We've got an episode of The Spy Show coming up later today. We've got an episode of The Mothership, our main uh, podcast, coming up tomorrow. We're going to talk about on The Spy Show Ukraine. We're going to talk about Middle East on, and, and, and Ukraine on the main show. Uh, and then we've got some other really exciting stuff coming in the week. So keep coming back uh, each and every day. We've got more and more for you. Until then, so long. <laughs>